What's up, everybody? Just woke up day one post Houston marathon. It's it's such a it's such an interesting thing when you've really dedicated yourself to something for that was I think like sixteen weeks. We I can still remember the day I went into my coach's house. He was sat on the couch and I dropped the idea that having missed pretty much two weeks of training, two weeks that I couldn't afford to miss. When I finished um, Berlin Euro Champs, it was already a very quick turnaround to try to make it to Dublin Marathon. Um, You're looking at, I think, August 14th. And so to September, to October, I think it was a 10-week turnaround. Um, that wasn't half the problem. Half the problem was that for since April, I had trained for 10K. So if you understand the science behind running, basically I had turned my body into a carbohydrate glycogen burning engine that would allow me to run a 10K fast. And I needed it to revert back to being like before London, a fat burning like machine. Now we did testing before London. And I think, I think around about marathon speed, you were looking at like, I don't know, the number was 0 0.80. And I think that was, that meant that around, it basically suggested that my fat burning, my fat burning for fuel was really good. Um, similar testing after Berlin and I think I'm like all carbohydrate like 0.98 you know like um, pretty much I'm using full carbs and that's that's a good thing because for 10k that's what you want for marathon that's not what you want so I had this like 10 week window to prepare for Dublin marathon and I, I just dove straight in. I barely took a break after Berlin and I dove straight in and we we jumped into the weights program. We jumped into hills and I put all these strategies in place to handle the hills better because I am useless uphill. And when I say useless uphill, like we tested it. So we put the treadmill to like 17 kilometers an hour, 18 kilometers an hour, something like that, 17, 17 and a half, 18. And we, we did 17 on the flat. My lactate was probably like 0.9. Then we did like 17 uphill and my heart rate wouldn't change that much, but my lactate would go to like three. Like it, it, it was just like, oh my goodness. Like it explains so much because it explains why at Dublin I really struggled. And so we put hills in place because we were like, we really need to improve this because you're not going to survive the hills. Not if I wanted to be competitive at Dublin. Um, and that, and that kind of goes back to like, take a lot of relevance there. If you know you have a weakness and you know your marathon coming up has certain things, whether it's hills, whether it's lots of cornering would be a big one. If there's a lot of cornering and you know that you don't like your rhythm being sapped, these are things that you need to, you need to work on, you need to improve. So anyway, like when, when I got hurt, um, I was doing like 
bounding upstairs in a gym and I had a weighted vest on and I think I just tweaked my knee a little bit on the bounding and and it was going to really help Dublin and it was going to help the uphills but maybe it just wasn't worth it because then I got hurt and so we took that out of the program but anyway the the I kind of went off topic there but I wanted you to realize that all of a sudden two weeks of injury I'm stressing out and I and I walk into my my coach's house and I say look like you know what like maybe Dublin isn't a good idea and let me put that into perspective like Dublin Dublin was like this dream idea for me like to go to Dublin I was in 2830 shape I had ran really well at London and and I thought I could go to Dublin and and medal essentially come top three um I was training as hard as I could for it. I was doing um, the gym work. I was doing hill sessions and I was doing a mountain run every Sunday to get ready for the, the hills. Then this happens. I missed two weeks and I realized, you know what? 10 weeks just became eight. And not only that, I started the, the build up having done like zero long runs. I think my longest long run in the six weeks before the marathon buildup had started was like 12 miles. And I'm, I'm usually not like that. Like I'm usually the kind of guy that like before, let's, let's, like I said, let's put this into perspective. Before Houston, Houston, I did a 16 week buildup. And because I had kind of trained for Dublin, it meant that even before the 16-week build-up, I had done probably four 18-mile runs, 16 to 18 miles. So you're looking at my 20-week average Sunday long run, I think was about 19 miles for 20 weeks in a row before Houston. So when I perform in a marathon, it's not because, okay, it, it might be because I'm naturally better at marathon running, but also because I prepare really well. So for Dublin Marathon, what the people in Dublin wanted, what the race organizer wanted, race organizer wanted, and what I wanted was to be Stephen Scullion in his best prepared form. Not, not a half-assed version of myself, not a half-prepared eight-week build-up version of myself, I wanted and Dublin wanted maybe top three best prepared version of Stephen Scullion. And, and so that was the issue. So anyway, I'm, I'm sitting in my coach's office or, and I say, look, like, I, I don't think we should do Dublin. And, um, and he said, why? And I said, well, look, here I am. I didn't run today. My knee hurts. If, if I'm going to do Dublin, I'm going to need to run a long run this Sunday. Because it, I was just running out of time. At that point, I think my longest run was 18. And I think it was like six weeks to go. And I was like, look, if I'm doing Dublin, I'm going to have to run long this weekend. And if I run long this weekend, I might put my knee back to square one. And so I remember making that decision. It was probably late September, maybe early October. And we just said, look, why don't we, why don't we withdraw take the pressure off, let the knee recover to full strength, 
get a rehab program from my physio and start to think about what marathon could suit that isn't Dublin. Um, we still thought Fukuoku, we still thought Valencia were too soon, December. And so the, the plan changed to Houston Marathon in January. And so when you focus on something for like 16 weeks, such a long, long time, and all your, all your training, all your decision-making, everything is geared towards that one goal and then when it's over, no matter how it goes, it feels like you've lost a sense of direction maybe. And, and so I wake up today and I'm like, oh, like, what do I do today? And my girlfriend yesterday kind of got like a bit, not like necessarily mad, but a bit like, like, because she's seen me on my laptop. And when I'm on my laptop, I'm probably either going through previous training or I'm looking at like, what's next? And so in this instance, I was looking at dates and I was trying to figure out maybe what could work, what couldn't work. And she said something. I remember her saying, like, come on, like, don't do that today. Like, have fun today. And and I kind of like I, I kind of like joked with her and I told her a, a story and I told her an example of of like the person that that doesn't like leaving the house, enjoys staying at home, enjoys playing computer games, let's say, and other people that are socializing people might look at that one individual and say, if he socialized more, he'd be happier. But for all you know, that kid's happier than what you actually are. And so the point here is, is that, and what's something I've learned is that I love the plan and I love thinking about the next goal. I've been texting my coach all week before Houston about what the next goal could be. And that does not mean that I'm not focused on Houston, not at all. I think I just proved that it, it, it's just, that's how I am. I just love the, I love the process. I really, really love the planning aspect. I love seeing that, oh my goodness, that could work. We have enough time. We have enough weeks to do this sort of training. And then I love it. I, and then I buy into it and then I invest in it. Um, and so that's where I'm at. Like I've woke up today, I'm a little bit like unsure of myself because there's not a goal on the program. The hamstrings are a lot, lot better today. I noticed I had two ice baths yesterday and I noticed that by like last night I could like, it sounds stupid, but I could lie in bed and straighten my legs without it like really hurting. Like today I would go as far to say that my left hamstring is like in pretty good shape. My right one is still not loving life, but then other things hurt today, like the outside of my right foot. I probably started running a bit funny because of the hamstrings. I, another thing I want to address here is anytime I mention my hamstrings or it's not with marathon running, it's not an excuse. I'm, I'm going to call it a limitation, right? So in, in any sport or any event, if something holds you back, even if it's not your fault. So let's pretend it was the sudden stop. And when I went the wrong way, I take this turn. Like I did hear people shouting, but you've heard people shouting the whole bloody race. And I kind of zone out. And, and, and it was until somebody jumped in front of me that I, I stopped suddenly. And I think that's what might have instigated the hamstring starting to hurt. If you also picture the moment, it's the first moment of the race that I felt slightly out of control. 
I turn as quickly as I can. I see a group that was 15 seconds behind me, like um, less than a mile before at the halfway split. I checked it. I see them pass on the road behind me and I think, oh, fuck, I'm on the wrong road. And so I probably, without even realizing it, sprinted down this street, which probably didn't like my hamstrings. But anyway, let's pretend, and I'm going to pretend because I will not let hamstrings be the thing that makes me flop in a marathon again. So like what I mean by it's not an excuse, it might be a limitation. If, if you know that quads cramp, calves cramp, hamstrings cramp, cramp is so normal in a marathon. It may be, when I review what happened, it may be that we say, I didn't focus on drinking as much as usual because it was so cold, but maybe I still needed to drink more than what I did. I missed, I missed a fueling station right around the time that my hamstrings started to hurt because I remember fall, I was back in this group that had passed me and the person leading the group picked up his bottle. I went to pick up my bottle and my hands were so cold and I didn't even realize they were this cold until I tried to grab the bottle and I just couldn't grab it. So at the next station at 30K, I almost stopped, picked it up with both hands and then I had to actually use both hands to squeeze the bottle. And so let's look at let's look at a limitation. Let's look at hamstring cramping for the last 8 miles. I find it difficult to push as hard as I wanted to push over the last 8 miles, which is amazing psychologically because sometimes when you're struggling and you have to push psychologically, it's really difficult to push whereas I felt really comfortable aerobically. Like I didn't have to put in that much effort, but my effort had to be let's let's not fuck up these hamstrings any more than they're already done because if they stop working, you will not get to the finish line. Um but anyway, let's look at a limitation. So the first thing I do is I text my S&C coach and I say, "Hey, this might be why my hamstrings hurt, but let's pretend this is not why they hurt." And let's figure out a way to make sure that never happens again. And so that's what you do. You find you find something that stopped you from running faster. In some races, it will be more things than others. So for me in this race, I could have actually ran with a group. The, the group that passed me and we're only 15 seconds slower at halfway. I don't like running in a group, but maybe that's the, the kind of thing that I have to practice in future. And maybe that's really important for me to be successful. If I was in that group, I wouldn't have took a wrong turn. I would have been slightly slower through halfway. And, and maybe I would have ran sub 214. So even on a really good day, it's, it's important to review and to go through the marathon and realize what could have been done better. The reason I felt good fitness side of things, I honestly think I was fit enough to run 21330. Um, the reason I felt that good is because I, I worked so hard and I don't mean worked hard, like 130 mile a week hard. I just mean my application to training, my dedication, my sleep, my nutrition, everything that I took care of over the last 16 weeks was, was probably 95% of my best ever. So that's why I felt so fit. Some other people might run 130 mile a week, but they might not sleep as good as I slept. They might not do the gym stuff. They might not do the rehab stuff. They might not do the activation stuff. So there's a lot more than just a mileage figure. I average 90 mile a week. 
Um, the guy that was just in front of me, Tyler German, like I can see his training online. This is a guy who runs 135 mile a week. So sometimes it's not comparable. Every athlete's different. However, I do think for my next marathon, I'll probably try to average just above 100. It's always been a step-by-step process. For London Marathon, I averaged about 86, I believe. This time I averaged 90. As I go up, the results are getting slightly better. But remember, I'm also improving a lot of other things. Gym being one. Um, Interesting that this is the first marathon I've ever done gym for, but I end up with sore hamstrings. Um, So yeah, I don't... That that's just the way it goes. This this is the kind of thing. So today, um, I'm having a hot bath right now. I am gonna do a light light stretch after. Um, I'll probably go calves, quads, hamstrings if they allow me. But really, my body needs left alone a little bit for probably a couple of days. Um, hamstrings aren't as bad as I thought they were gonna be. Um, I, I literally ran for must have been 10 miles, unsure that I'd be able to get through the next mile with how sore they were. But I was actually texting my buddy Steve this morning and, and, and I, I, I wasn't planning to share this with you guys, but I will now that like, and I've been honest this whole process, so I think it's worth being honest. Um, I wake up today and I have 89 pounds in my bank account and, and, and sometimes like, that's just the way it is. I invest so much and so heavily in what I do. I spend every penny that I have on on running. I I I, I my mum has to cover my phone bill in the next two days because if I pay my phone bill, then I'll probably have thirty pounds in my bank account, and that's not good. Um, but the the point of this is, is we we were chatting and and he had mentioned maybe some companies could help out or um I know Under Armour's planning to do some stuff but we're still waiting on that to get sorted um and so it's just a process and so I wake up today and I have eighty nine pounds in my bank and I'm talking to Steve and I was like oh maybe I should do a podcast on like the reality of how I live like I don't wake up today I can't even think like a professional today because. I need to think more along the lines of, say, for example, someone I could get massage Wednesday. I can't afford massage Wednesday. Um, but th- this is just the reality of the world that I'm living in. Like I, I wake up and it's not, hey, what do I do next? It's more like, what can I afford to do next? What do I what decisions do I need to make over the next month now to like earn some money or recruit some money to then fund the rest of the year or blah 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 you know and and so like I do think things are going to change and um like with Under Armour going to help and but the reality is I woke up today with 89 pounds in my bank account I think I've said that like three times now but that's just where I'm at um the the point of me telling you this is because one thing I mentioned to Steve was maybe that's why I I finish a marathon with eight miles to go and both my hamstrings are fucked Maybe that's why when I go the wrong way and I turn, I don't like, I don't get all upset about it. I just compose myself and finish because that's what I have to do. <laughs> and like, I am not joking when I say that's what I have to do. I don't, I don't have a choice. Like to me, I don't have the luxury of this one didn't work out. The next one will. And, and I, and I, I kind of get a bit emotional when I say that because that really hits home with me. Like maybe that is, maybe this has been quite a struggle until now definitely financially a struggle sometimes I'm a 
some I'm borrowing from my parents or like from friends or from my coach and and so like but maybe then when I'm struggling in a race it's why I I dig deep and people have asked me about that and and maybe it's because I mean I I know it's because I love it and and I know it's because I've taught myself and I've trained to do it but maybe deep down it's because I can't afford not to and I like literally can't afford not to because I know that racing better every time I've raced better and every time my performances have moved forward more support has come but I'm just not it's not that I'm not very good at budgeting money it's just that I'd rather invest the money in physio or invest the money in like the Normatec recovery boots or invest the money in better nutrition and and I I just every penny that I ever receive gets pumped back into making me better and and that's how it will always be but so there you go that's today um fingers crossed the hamstrings settle down over the next 24 to 48 hours i'm due to fly back to ireland on wednesday so that'll be quite cool um i can get better um i'm not going to say better i can get like at home i get services with athletics northern ireland so physio my gym coach um gary longwell my sports psychologist there's a lot of support networks in place at home so i can go home and catch up with these guys and maybe save myself a bit of money and um maybe i have to do some work for a couple of weeks but um there you go guys thanks for listening have a good day